Namaste, namaste. Varnakam. Yeah. So, uh, in the beginning, just a little bit of background about the new year and the new year messages because people often ask, as we know in different parts of India, we have so many new years. <laughs> Every part uh, has its own unique new year and it's perfectly natural and fine. All that it means is that time moves cyclically as well as linearly. What is meant by cyclic movement is that after every cycle, it's like a uh, chance to reorient ourselves. This we see in nature all the time, like day and night is a cycle. So we can take an example, we wake up in the morning, we are all fresh, usually we have a beautiful aspiration. But as we go, meet, interact, lot of dust and dirt and all kinds of things start gathering around. So we come back and then we take a bath again. Some people take a bath at night, which is very good. Some take it in the next day morning, but we start the day fresh. So too, through an year, many things happen as the seasons change and... Uh, according to the changes of the season, the different effort, the different kind of events, circumstances, all kinds of reactions, responses collectively, they gather inside us and they obscure the core aspiration with which we are born. It happens during birthday also. Birthday is an individual's new year actually, if you look at it that way. But what about the collective um, uh, journey of man? So, a new year is an opportunity when time is turning into a cycle when we can get rid of the dust and the dirt, take a new bath and once again rekindle the fire of aspiration. This is what it basically means. Now, I'm not going into how it is celebrated, understood and that's a different story altogether. So, when do we have the new year? Mother says very clearly, it's a convention. So, according to the collective convention, now we celebrate new year on 1st January. But depending on where you start, the cycle will end there. The fact is that there is a cycle. In 365 days, earth completes the cycle around the sun. But when did it start? So we, we, we don't know. Or um, each one has his own understanding about it. Ideally, it should be with the seasons perfectly as the thaw begins and spring comes in. Logically, if we follow the science of nature, the cycle should start from there. But in the Western world, the Gregorian calendar, it starts with 25th December onwards. So if you see the new year starts between 25th December and 6th of January. So 25th December is the day of the return of light. And 6th of January, it's, it's not about Christ's birth and that we have spoken, but nevertheless, it's celebrated as Christmas. And 6th January is the day of Epiphany. It falls right in between. So Epiphany is the day when people from the East recognized in Christ that he is, he is a savior and who has come. He is one of the messiahs who had been prophesied. So in the Western world, we see 1st January celebrated. When it started, how it started, not relevant. But the fact is that large number of uh, humanity now takes that 1st January is a uh, starting of a new year, which is fine. But... Now, the mother, we'll see something very interesting. She used all these conventions to help mankind go forward. So, it's not like when at one point mother was asked, why do people uh, celebrate festivals, uh, Diwali and you know Christmas and all this. Mother said, because men like festivals. So, we must understand the difference. She was not giving a sanction to an old way of life, but she was using an old way to which we were already accustomed for something new. So we see, for example, in one of our New Year prayers, something very beautiful. She says that what we should do on the 
end of the year as the past is going behind she says we should get rid of all artificiality and hypocrisy i find this so beautiful because um, uh, when she was asked much later that now that the super mind has come what is it that it will reject so she says why it should reject anything it will transform if we take what shurbindo has said nothing will be rejected so she says after a silence what it will reject is hypocrisy and artificiality so if we look at it what is artificiality and hypocrisy it distorts the original truth of our own nature the original impulsion of creation which is there in every human being so she was rekindling that fire and asking us to get rid of all that pretensions the shows the shams the crookedness the lies the falsehoods the obscurity which cover the fire of aspiration within us and therefore we are not able to really feel that uh, inner fire of course when the fire begins to rage it automatically will start burning away these layers so she she says that this is how we should use the new year uh, Uh, the the new year start the new year then as to new year celebrations now apart from the darshan days <clears throat> the actual first account of celebration of new years in the ashram it was not a celebration there was no show there were no people gathering together outside and you know greeting each other <laughs> it was a very quiet affair so from 1933 onwards mother used to celebrate these these four days started in the ashram 29th march 4th april 4th april she said new year of pondicherry and 29th march the day of her first arrival 25th december which was the day of the return of the light and 1st of january so during these days at midnight the mother would play the music and after she would have played the music she would be sitting in the first floor of the um what today we have as the you know meditation room above that on the first floor and people will go there and do pranam and they will receive usually new birth those uh, those lovely you know from from that plant new birth so it was like now you are being born a new born into a new possibility a new light a new way of looking at uh, things a, a complete change overhauling of yourself and they would quietly move away go back to their places wake up in the morning and the day starts as usual and then later on she would start after some time this process stopped and she would uh, give darshan as we rise up the staircase of shirbindo's uh, room so we have a landing place right there in the center sometime we'll see that there's a picture of mother or shirbindo there on the left side you go to mother's room and on the right side shirbindo's room so there she would be seated and people will go at midnight after the uh, uh, beautiful music and they would receive again the prasad and come down silently then later on when playground was made then uh, she the, the whole thing shifted i think it was 37 or maybe a year or two this way that way when this midnight thing stopped and it started in the morning when people would go and she would greet everybody with a banani so that's how the morning 6 o'clock uh, process started and she would distribute calendar and a message card and calendar and message cards were given to all who came it was not just ashram inmates it was people who came as devotees they could go to the playground they could receive from her own hands and uh, go back feeling blessed then again changes took place and as we know from 62 onward the mother never went to either playground or anywhere in fact she did not come down from the top room which today we call as the mother's room which was built in 54 55 but the message and the calendar continued 
So what were these messages? Unlike the Darshan Day message. Darshan Day message was something which uh, she said, something we had tried, perfected and knew its results. So it was meant to distribute to all. So that's, that's how she was generalizing a truth which had been discovered. For instance, have faith and he will do everything for you. Now this is, she generalizing a truth that has been experimented upon by the divine and known, established and now she was fixing it in the consciousness of earth. But on or for example, one of the messages was that Shubhindo is present among us. He reveals himself to those who have faith in him. So these were things which were confirmed and they were being distributed on Darshan days. But the new year message was um, uh, she would foresee what is going to come and she would prepare us for that. And that is something very interesting when we read these messages, how she was foreseeing. Sometimes she would be asked, Mother, what is going to happen in the new year? And she would uh, reveal the truth in the form of the message and uh, give us uh, a way, a process to go through that uh, whole journey. For example, one of the things was 1954, end. So, 55, beginning. She gives a very interesting message. She tells people, no human will can finally prevail against the divine will. Put yourself deliberately on the side of the divine and the victory is certain. Whose victory? Divine victory, not our individual victory. <laughs> there is nothing like individual victory. So, when she gave the message, later on she said, 14 months from now are going to be very, very difficult months. So this was in on 1st January 1955. Exactly 14 months later, the supramental manifestation took place. So we hear about the, you know, 29th February 1956. And the message she gave in 1956, 1st January is, the greatest victories are the least noisy. The advent of a new world is not announced by the beating of drums. So she was cautioning us always. There was always a tendency in human consciousness to mix up vital things with something which is very solemn, something which is beautiful, something which is sacred and divine. So always they would caution us, even for darshan days. When Shivabindu was asked that, uh, Sir, uh, this darshan day was exceptional. Uh, Shivabindu said, Is it really? You felt like that? So he says, yes, he says, on the contrary, there was a non-rush of dark vital forces. The mother also said that, that if you felt it like that, it is something individual. So she would explain to us that because vital forces have a tendency to usurp anything, turn it into a fixed organized religion. So repeatedly they were cautioning us, don't turn these occasions again into some kind of the usual festivity that we as human beings are prone to. So now we read some of the messages from 33. As I said, they started in 1933. And the first message that um, is so beautiful reminder, we want to leave so many things behind. No? This defect, that defect, this problem, that problem. Mother once gave a wonderful clue. She says, uh, don't, she said that there was a Sufi mystic who once shared with her something that uh, he had felt and she recounted what he shared and he said, it is very, very true. And there she said, don't wash your stains one by one. <coughs> this is my defect, this year I am going to overcome this. This is my problem, this year I am going to work upon it. She says, no, change the very uh, sheet. Now, this is what she spoke about reversal of consciousness. Because if our consciousness doesn't change, 
none of us resolutions have any real meaning and substance and history of human beings <laughs> is witness to the fact that how quick we are to resolve and how quicker we are to break that resolve so that's because when consciousness doesn't doesn't change nothing really changes so the first message she gives us is let the 1933 let the birth of the new year be the new birth of our consciousness so this new birth was well known in ancient spiritual traditions in india it was called becoming a dwij twice born so in ancient india people were twice born they used to wear a sacred thread so that you know this fellow is twice born he is on his spiritual path so people went and respected him and asked now all that is gone because now you have only the sacred thread but nothing sacred inside but that was the beginning that this person is twice born so he became the into the role of a priest because why because he is a seeker after knowledge and he has some knowledge within himself so these were the people who were regarded as twice born in the western world they used the word twice born in ancient india the word used was dwij dwa and aj born born aj is the sanskrit word for born andaj jalaj so <coughs> those who were born again Uh, into the spiritual consciousness so she is reminding us be born to the new consciousness don't worry about other things if you can achieve this the rest will follow if there is an inner change there is a reversal and all the rest is a natural consequence rather than trying to get rid of this problem that problem focus more and more on the one thing needful which is the divine let's put it in um, the way she would ask us then she says leaving the past far behind us let us run towards a luminous future wonderful clue when later on she was asked mother what should we do to embody this new consciousness she spoke of two things do not cling and she said not only do not cling to the past but all our formations the way we understand life the way we approach it our thought patterns our ideas all this to which we cling and the second thing she says thirst for the truth thirst for light so these are the two things thirst for the divine thirst for perfection call it any it doesn't matter what name so she says leaving the past far behind us let us run towards a luminous future and 34 1934 the message was lord the year is dying and our gratitude bows down to thee so people may say that well not everything was good well everything that happens ultimately is for the good because it helps us to move towards the divine in fact very often things which we regard as painful have been some of the best means to hasten our aspiration they are meant for that whereas if everything is fine people are in their comfort so they forget or they take life for granted they take the divine for granted so when we look back to the past we should be grateful and actually to be grateful we don't need any event it is enough to be grateful that the divine is here he has given us an aspiration he has shown us a path a wonderful goal we don't need to be grateful for anything else and so she says that great gratitude and our gratitude bows down to thee people often send thank you messages thanks to all my friends thanks to this person that person let there be only one person that person is the divine if we have conveyed our thanks to him he will convey it to whomsoever he wants to convey in his own way 
So let us deposit all our gratitude messages and cards and everything to in his uh, big kitty store and let him distribute it to whomever and in whatever way because he will know best how exactly we just say a word sorry thank you they have become meaningless but when we say to the divine say let's say sorry somebody asked him um, asked the mother that you know i have done this mistake with that person should i say sorry she says that is not important you should recognize the mistake and you should pray to the divine to remove it how does it matter saying sorry you can say sorry 100 times commit the same mistake and even if you don't commit uh, it doesn't help so all our reference point should be the divine so she says gratitude to the divine lord the ear is reborn our prayer rises up to thee let it be for us also the dawn of a new life there is a very beautiful uh, prayer of the mother she says uh, i consecrated to thee the first moment of this year and i remember it like you know people at midnight what all do they engage in but to consecrate the first moment of this year is from a prayers and meditation i consecrated to thee the first moment of this year my life is your everything is yours we have to renew this application even after it has been accepted but to keep reminding time to time that i am yours so she says let it be for us also the dawn of a new life this new life which is no more based on the old world ways understanding methods etc <clears throat> and then in 1935 we surrender to thee this evening all that is artificial and false plenty of things which is why some people you know on holy sankranti people burn so what we should burn all that is artificial and false all that pretends and imitates after all the truth is inside all of us individually and collectively but there is so much pretension so much hypocrisy so much lip service let it disappear with the year that is at an end may only what is perfectly true sincere straight and pure subsist in the year that is beginning and then it goes on now i want to read some of these messages which come a little later one of them is very interesting it's in 1947 so this is the year when the world war is ended just ended and we know what uh, gory things happened and also the year when india got freedom so now see 1st january 1947 put it in the context of india's freedom at midnight of 15th august 1947 so what is the mother revealing to us this is not a prayer but an encouragement here is the encouragement and a comment upon it <clears throat> so what is the prayer or what is the encouragement she is giving us at the very moment when everything seems to go from bad to worse it is then that we must make a supreme act of faith and know that the grace will never fail us and this is so 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 to so many times this something one can keep testing and retesting but we must make an act of faith 
not like halfway through you give up some sometimes one has to perceive or persist with this faith and then she reminds us the hours before the dawn are always the darkest so all darkness is a preparation for a new dawn this servitude now come see she is speaking of the freedom that is going to come the servitude just before freedom comes is the most painful of all and we know what happened just around the time of freedom but she is not reminding us of that she is reminding us of the freedom that is going to come the light that is going to come but in the heart endowed with faith burns the eternal flame of hope which leaves no room for discouragement so never in life to be discouraged frankly speaking to be discouraged means we don't have trust in the divine as simple as that a heart that is endowed with faith never feels discouraged in every situation every circumstance it knows that the divine is with me and is carrying me will carrying me through everything this is another very beautiful message to be remembered always <coughs> forward 48 forward forever forward this was one of the favorite ones of uh, amal kiran so when people would ask him he would often give this message sometimes he will give his own little thing added to it do not look left do not look right go straight to the goal <laughs> but he'll start with forward ever forward mother is reminding us forward forever forward at the end of the tunnel is the light at the end of the fight is the victory what it means is when there is darkness don't sit there and say lament oh my god look so much darkness start cursing yourself cursing the world move forward in whatever way even if one is inching a little move forward don't sit don't look back don't turn backward keep moving forward at the end of the tunnel is the light how beautiful this is and now you see 1949 shubindo had taken a decision actually 47 he had hinted but 49 he had taken a decision to withdraw and 50 and this what you know he did and the mother's message is so powerful that time the mother had said if one has to withdraw i will withdraw and shubindo said no you have to fulfill our yoga of transformation the message of 1949 is lord on the eve of the new year i asked thee what i must say thou hast made me see to extreme possibilities and given me the command to keep silent so there are things which obviously they knew they knew about everything and yet they kept silent because to speak about them would have been neither proper and where is mankind ready to receive the foresight but in 1951 she gives a beautiful message now this is less than a month after shurbindo's physical withdrawal but look this is the mother she is not asking us to get into lamentations and you know feel sad always asking us to move forward this is something so beautiful actually the word agni means to move forward it comes from the root ag 
in hindi we have the term aage sanskrit root is ag to move forward this what she is constantly telling us so in 1951 she gives a message lord we are upon earth to accomplish thy work of transformation it is our sole will our sole preoccupation grant that it may be also our sole occupation and that all our actions may help us towards this single goal so there are very interesting things about this preoccupation and occupation people sometimes say that oh someone fell ill somebody died and you know things happen in life so instead of lamenting we should try to understand why this happens it's not about an individual it's about why there is suffering and pain upon earth what could be the possible solution for it that's it the difference between a buddha and a common person i won't use the word sure but that a common person but what is the difference we all experience in life suffering pain struggle challenges but we try to just work out our little suffering our little struggle and somehow we want to manage life but actually we should go to the root cause and the root cause is the imperfection of matter and of human consciousness so she says that it should be our sole occupation now the difference between preoccupation is preoccupation is time to time it is there in the background but time to time it resurfaces occupation is this is what i want to do this is what i am meant to do this is my job description so our job description now we can no longer keep those you know cards we keep what's your job people are so happy to take out sometimes even when you have not asked they are very happy to give put it on your table and they expect you to read it what is our job description to be able to surrender every breath and heartbeat in every life to the divine it's a much more difficult and challenging job than any we can imagine this is the great adventure to which she invites us <coughs> and then we spoke of 55 and 56 and then in 57 after now we have a series of messages which are very interesting so 56 the supramental manifestation has taken place and the message that comes is a power greater than that of evil can alone win the victory it is not a crucified but a glorified body that will save the world so there is a background to this message which she reveals in another conversation the background is that there was somebody from the western context a christian who made a very nice pamphlet that there should be world peace and harmony and you know we all love these terms there should be world peace harmony and people should have goodwill for each other so when she saw that those cards which were made mother says i <laughs> it is the highest that human beings can feel and she says it's it though it came from a christian context but there are people all over the world who want peace and harmony and she says i appreciate that but it cannot be done this way so she says because it came from the christian world therefore i use the word i mean christ as shobindu said knew he foresaw the failure of his mission and yet he did something which is so beautiful Christ from his cross humanized Europe but that humanizing is not enough something more is needed and that is the transformation of the body so she speaks about that 
that this means that it is just the thing which can make the goodwill of mankind the best being expressed on earth today progress and then he says it has taken a rather special form because it came from a christian country but this is an attitude which is found everywhere in the world we have survey bhavantu sukhina in our own indian context in every religion you have something like universal brotherhood but why do they fail because problem is not in our depths the problem is on the surface consciousness the outer personality in our material existence that is where the problem is problem is because through evolution we carry the animal and the asura everything inside us so she says naturally there is the same idea in india the idea of the complete renunciation of all physical reality the profound contempt for the material world so when people feel that nothing can change it they take this approach and then she says if you escape from the concrete reality to seek a distant and abstract one you leave the whole field of concrete realization at the full disposal of the adverse forces which have taken hold of it and more or less govern it now in order to the return into nirvana this idea is everywhere in the world but expresses itself in different forms so there have been buddhist monasteries there are christian convents and monasteries there are indian ashramas which speak about you know withdrawal from earthly life and nirvana etc etc so so what we are doing we are doing uh, one is the collective effort that a human being needs to make to contribute to the world progress he is refusing that second because he is leaving the field now you are allowing these forces to occupy it so that's not uh, regarded as the perfect ideal at least in india you see these both streams the the earlier stream was the kings who continued to rule and they were yogis but later on this division came that a yogi is meant to renounce the world outwardly where shri krishna spoke about inner tyag and not outer sanyas but this is how it tends to take hold of the human consciousness everywhere because human consciousness cannot understand this vast teaching which is meant for the strong there is a passage where shurvindu says i have not come here to create mutts and sanyasins that's not what he has come here to create and then he says i have come here to call the souls of the strong to the leela of krishna and kali this what we are here for and so the mother says because until now evil has been opposed by weakness by spiritual force without any power for transformation in the material world this tremendous effort of goodwill has ended only in deplorable failure and left the world in the same state of misery and corruption and falsehood it is on the same plane as the one where the adverse forces are ruling that one must have a greater power than theirs and then she reminds us this force is the supramental force and then toward the end comes something very powerful and i feel this is something we should etch in our hearts and keep it forever right on every door inside us it is neither sacrifice nor renunciation nor weakness which can bring the victory very powerful it is only only delight just imagine 
delight in the battle delight in the victory delight even in the failure and the loss delight when the sword is used delight when it is broken and thrown aside to discover that constant delight that's what krishna stands for so she says it is neither sacrifice nor renunciation nor weakness which can bring the victory it is only delight a delight which is strength because you are never discouraged <laughs> you don't give up because of the delight at one place shrivinda says it is only the delight and divine divine delight and love that has made me bear the burden which i have borne and all must bear who want to raise this fallen world delight so she says a delight which is strength endurance supreme courage and the supreme the greatest courage is to renounce sacrifice the ego to slay the ego to tell your hour is gone so that delight the delight brought by the supramental force it is much more difficult than giving everything up and running away it demands an infinitely greater heroism but that is the only way to conquer and as we know that the mother says that you know heroism is not what men understand heroism to tell your ego that your hour is gone all hurts all pains are nothing but the ego all insults are nothing but the ego i think yesterday or day before i was reading this one of shervinder's poems he says easy it is to love in return for love in a shop man's heart he who when <laughs> what was the word slain or something he who when receives the blow yet gives the kiss receives and gives the kiss he loves so that power that comes is not a weakness is not like you know oh i am helplessly no it's a greater love every time there is a challenge bring out a greater love a greater delight a greater peace and very interesting question then the person asked on this message mother this new force which is going to act now this is 57 will it act through individual effort or independently of it she says why this supposition the supramental will actually make us do effort <coughs> that is the law as she says it acts independently of all individual effort as if automatically in the world but it creates individual effort it will inspire us to act in certain ways see this is the trick of the divine the sooner we understand the better it is so as it just on a little personal note i had shared all this i had read all this about the gita discernment turn the buddhi inward upward nishkam but the nishkam karma i found very good discernment all all is okay nishkam karma then love for the divine i said this is wonderful but this chapter on discernment was left i said what is the need but then the divine will make you do it he'll bring you to it and make you do it so he makes you do the effort <laughs> so it is something so interesting <laughs> that he will individual effort is one of its means of action and perhaps the most powerful so this idea that uh, mother will do everything this is you know even uh, today for example 
now we must know uh, the messages are stopped now from tomorrow there will be no new year message being given from the ashram no darshan message cards so somebody responded to it saying let thy will be done it is not necessary that everything that happens is the divine will because there is always a play of the human and the divine will so if we just say everything that you know whatever mother wants we should instead say mother may i want what you want i have a little will i offer it to you you become this will so that all i think and feel and will and act be an expression of yours so this is how we should lead our life if one thinks that individual effort is due to the individual it is an illusion obviously because every ingredient of ours is given by nature which of course is a child of the divine mother and how we use it that choice is ours still not making a choice is also a choice as shri krishna says in the gita not making an effort is also an effort what we have to do is the direction of the effort we may choose not to act fine but it should be a conscious choice and not a helpless situation but if the individual under the pretext that there is a universal action independent of himself refuses to make an individual effort he refuses to give his collaboration the force wants to use and does in fact use individual effort as one of the most powerful means at its disposal it is the force itself it is this power which is your individual effort so we cannot say mother will do everything of course she will do but she will also use our individual effort as part of that process because we are part of that larger becoming i can't deny my role in that whole process of becoming but here comes the trick whether i am aligned to the will or i am not aligned to the divine will that is the effort and so you see the first movement of vital self conceit when it is told you don't exist in yourself naturally it says all right i won't do anything any more i am not the one who works so i won't work any longer she uses the word vital self conceit and very good the divine can do everything it is his business i won't stir any more if the credit does not go to me <laughs> see that is one problem that in this yoga everybody know what i have to do i that is one extreme why because you give credit to the divine then there is a problem the mother does everything but mother does everything includes including through me i am part of her action in this world well but indeed there is no word for such things this is something i constantly hear it is simply a way of venting one's offended self conceit that's all but the true reaction the pure reaction is an enthusiastic impulse of collaboration to play the game with all the energy the will power at the disposal of one's consciousness whatever is the field given to me however small maybe mending the shoe i must do it as a service so that i satisfy the divine within me the demand of perfection in that shoe mending or if i am given the task of running a kingdom i must do it with an equal uh, fervor enthusiasm and surrender to the divine and tomorrow if it is taken away i shouldn't cry oh i was see divine has forgotten me no 
He who to some gives victory, joy and good, to some gives rest. And time to time. So, we should live with that state of inner equanimity. We know how Mr. Talwar once the RBI uh, head and he refused to sign something which uh, I think it was during emergency or just around that time and he refused. And he was told that it is the, you know, the finance minister, why the prime minister, why the finance minister then he wants you to do it. So he said, no, I can't do it because it's not right, not the right thing to do. Then says, then you will, uh, you choose, you'll have to resign. He says, fine. So he started walking out next day. He said, I, not a single day I need to stay. And then there was a farewell given to him, a very quick farewell. And some of them people felt very sad and they said, we are so sorry for you. He said, why? He said, because you have to go this way. He said, no, the Divine Mother had put me here. Now she is calling me directly in her service. Why should you be sorry? It's something very nice. So now I'll go and serve her directly. Right now I was serving her this way. And when he came here to the ashram, he was asked uh, what uh, work he will do. Now this I heard directly from the person who, had, who was present. So he said, see, if I come and join the ashram, you will send me to riding room. This was his reply. I will do what I am best meant for. So he opened a consultancy. And entire money he would give to the ashram, which was a huge amount of money. And he said, that, that's my way of serving. So this idea that this is the only way you serve, this way, this all should, should be supple, plastic, white, open to the divine will. And then the divine takes care. So, the mother reminds us that is the true movement to feel that one's will is intensified to the utmost because it is no longer a tiny little microscopic person in infinity but an infinite universal person which makes you act the force of truth. That is the true reaction. That's what we know the whole Gita is about. That Arjun you can make a choice, I won't stop you. My will will be done, regardless of you. But I am giving you this choice and this chance, because you are dear to me. And then he surrenders his will. And when he surrenders his will and acts that, Keshav, you tell me what I have to do. And he says, now victory is certain. Wherever there is Krishna, wherever there is Partha, there there is victory. The other one, miserable. Ah, I am not the one who is doing things. Ah, it is not my will being expressed. Ah, it is not my power. So I lie down flat. Stretch myself out in inert passivity and I won't move. Very well then, one tells the divine, do whatever you like, I don't exist any longer. And she says, that is poor indeed. And that is what the mother said, Shobindo said, is tamasic surrender. Everything will be done for you doesn't mean this. You have to make your choice. Aspiration you have to do. Rejection, even surrender is a conscious act. And then the divine takes up that little squirrel inside and makes it Rama squirrel. And that changes everything. And then there are a number of beautiful messages. Um, each of them is um, has a history behind it, but obviously time constraint. Is there in Collected Works, 1958 message where she speaks about material nature collaborating 
and uh, that was a very big event in uh, which has gone unnoticed people don't understand its significance there in mother's collected works uh, volume 9 you will find the significance of this message and then at the very bottom of in conscience she plunges and here there is a little history 1959 as we know that after that the mother stopped classes so she used to take the class and she would see people so unconsciously sitting there playground <laughs> so she said what is there in these people why they are so unconscious so she went into their consciousness human consciousness not those people alone it's us people humanity then she made a discovery she went deep inside us and she saw what unconsciousness is there in human nature so she goes and that discovery she made and she gave as a message for 1959 at the very bottom of the unconscious most hard and rigid and narrow and stifling this was the mental world of human beings very narrow that's why today itself while somebody said you know shubindo's writings you cannot understand spiritual things with a mental consciousness one has to have a spiritual consciousness which by its nature if not a free universal intelligence it is at least a vast and subtle intelligence otherwise it turns into a fixed religious dogma do this don't do this right wrong it just gets into that and finishes the great truth so she says that at the very bottom of the unconscious most hard and rigid and narrow and stifling i struck upon an almighty spring that cast me forthwith into a formless limitless vast vibrating with the seeds of a new world she saw yes there is so much darkness and consciousness but the seeds of the new world are still there and she brings it out that's how the bridge is built between the seeds of the new world in the unconscious and the supramental world that is manifesting she becomes the bridge very beautiful 60 1960 message always to remember to know is good of course this knowing is not book knowledge to know is good with shirobinda and the mother even to just have the book knowledge one must read everything they have said upon a subject then the discernment comes otherwise we see all kinds of things circulating like recently that you know what mother spoke about indra and what she spoke we must know that she has spoken other things also incidentally for everybody so to put up a thing out of context is another way to use their writings for political and other purposes we should not do that but people do that all the time when you read the entire panorama then you realize oh she looked at it in this is about a person what about the teachings so vast so infinite there is this cling to truth written when we go upstairs and the mother says what can i do people are everybody now believes that he is in truth and they want to point out so and so is in falsehood and she says everybody have their shibolits somebody is a vegetarian and believes every non vegetarian person is a sinner somebody who believes if somebody has a friend then that person is sinner he says everybody is having their own <laughs> weak spots and they think others what do they know of truth and then she was asked mother how to know truth she says you should be sincere if you want to know it truth will reveal itself but don't make a formula out of it 
So to know is good, to live is better. How? By living it. To be, that is perfect. The 61 message again, she gave a long commentary. This wonderful world of delight waiting at our gates for our call to come down upon earth. 56, they had brought down the supramental. But mother was, she did not stop there. She wanted the world of delight because that's the next step. So she was asked, mother, isn't supramental the world of delight? She said, no, it's a preparation, truth consciousness. If we don't live in truth, we may speak about Krishna as Anandamaya. But we'll turn all that into something which is very low. So she says, that world of delight had come. It used to come. That is the consciousness of Radha. It would come in 1940s, it would come. But man is not ready. When she was asked, how can man become ready to receive it? She says, you have to be a super Parsifal. That means, you should not be drawn towards any pleasure. Now that cannot be unless supramental transformation has taken place. Because it's not about coercing and suppressing things. It's about transforming things. Then 62, of course, we know that um, something very powerful took place subsequently. We thirst for perfection, not this human perfection, which is a perfection of the ego and bars the way to the divine perfection. What a revelation. So she says people who are very good or very perfect to believe they are two good people, don't try to convert them, they are not ready. They would lose this and not get this. That's why when someone asked Shurabindo Niruddha, that you know, I wish you had disciples like Vivekananda. You have us who are, you know, what specimen, what kind of disciples are we? Shurabindo says, as to disciples, I agree. Kismat. <laughs> then he says something interesting. But... As to Vivekananda, we don't know whether he would agree to this and if he agreed, the ordinary humanity will not come out. Because in this yoga, there is a tremendous pressure to cleanse, purify, transform. So it is bound to come out, which remains covered when you, you know, move in the world like sannyasi. So she says, we don't want this human perfection, but the divine perfection. In everything, the divine should manifest. But that one perfection which has the power to manifest upon earth the eternal truth. And not the human perfection which is perfection of the ego. Oh, he is such a wonderful person. So highly educated. Starts from there. But you know, he plays very good music also. He is a scientist and musician. And look at his humility. Everybody bows down and does namaskar. It means nothing from the divine point of view. If inside he is feeling, yes... Very true, after all. <laughs> Humility is to know before the divine nothing. All achievements count for nothing except one. And that too is the divine grace. To know the divine, to realize the divine, to live the divine, to breathe the divine, to become the divine. Now starts series of messages. 1963. I believe this is the message they are going to play tomorrow. So it's important. Let us prepare for the hour of God. Now she is telling us that look, this is hour of God has started and we know it is based on that writing of Shurabindo, the hour of God. And she said it is the hour when all the old bases get shaken. Everything will turn topsy-turvy. The rise will fall, become low and the low will rise. There is disorientation everywhere. 
She says, but don't worry. Hold on to the truth of your being and try to become more and more sincere. Then even if you fall, you will return. But if you don't want to become sincere, then even if you are seemingly enjoying all everything, suddenly you will crash. So in the hour of God, cleanse thy soul of all self-deceit. Now again it comes, same thing. Cleanse thy soul of all self-deceit and hypocrisy, that thou mayst look straight into the eyes of the Master. How beautiful it is. All that was a defense, the armor against the Master, now it invites a blow. Each insincerity. And then she says, don't be caught napping. Unfortunate, unhappy is the man or the nation that is found sleeping when the hour of God arrives. But thrice woe to those who are strong and ready, yet waste the force and misuse the moment. There is a purpose for which that mother's transformation force is working. And if we waste it, go about our life in the usual round of ways, then it makes no meaning. So 64, then she tells us, are you ready? She was asked, mother, ready about what? She says, about the hour of God, I told you last year. (laughs) Are you ready? 65, salute to the advent of truth. And he was asked, mother, how will I know the truth? She says, ask yourself inside. Be sincere and you will know it. No mental definitions. So, she was asked, how to prepare ourselves for truth and to recognize it. Then she gave a practical method. Very important. I think this should be put up into our... Everybody is for a long time. I used to at least use it to practice. The best thing to do is to distinguish in oneself the origin of all one's movements. Those that come from the light of truth and those that come from the old inertia and falsehood. In order to accept the first and to refuse or reject the others. Now, mother, tell us something more practical. (laughs) So she says, with practice one learns to distinguish more and more clearly, but one can establish as a general rule. So what is the general rule? That all that lends towards disharmony. At one, she says, all that creates harmony is very dear to me. Another place he says, truth is supreme harmony and supreme delight. All that tends towards, lends towards disharmony, disorder and inertia comes from the falsehood. Why should I do inertia? I am tired and sick of all this inertia. (laughs) Oh, there is so much disorder. Why I should try? It's not my fault. Somebody else's. That's inertia. All that leads towards, and on the contrary, all that favors union, harmony, larger sense, order and consciousness comes from the truth. All that makes us become more conscious, consciousness. All that makes us aware of the origin of our impulses. All that makes us build harmony within and around us comes from truth. This is only a hint, nothing more about how to take the first steps on the path. 66. Let us serve the truth. And 67. Men, countries, continents, the choice is imperative. Truth or the abyss. 
we didn't listen nations most nations <laughs> and she was asked what is the abyss and she says right now there is a great tension they have all taken positions as if to start war it is the blind passion that men put into their international relations at the base of all there is fear general distrust and what they believe to be their interests money business all the nations they will do anything for the sake of money and their power a combination of these three things when these three lowest passions of humanity are brought into play that is what i called abyss so this is lust for power greed for money and fear this is where these three come into play you can that is the abyss now people will say but that fellow is enjoying life yeah in the abyss you have ravan ka sone ka lanka it doesn't matter you had the dream world on the other side of the goal globe it's not about you enjoying people enjoy all kinds of things but it is the abyss when you have live in the abyss it's a very dangerous situation to be in so she says but when someone has decided to consecrate his life to the seeking for the divine if he is sincere if the resolution is sincere and carried out sincerely there is absolutely nothing to fear because all that happens or will happen to him will lead him by the shortest way to this realization and then she reminds us that is the response of the grace people believe that the grace may means making everything smooth for all your life it is not true the grace works for the realization of your aspiration and everything is arranged to gain the most prompt the quickest realization so there is nothing to fear fear comes with insincerity so if there is fear and depression straight away i am insincere if you want a comfortable life agreeable circumstances etc you are putting conditions and restrictions and then you can fear <laughs> but it has no business in the sadhana remain young next year 68 never stop striving towards perfection 1969 no words acts as we know it was a very special year the year of descent of the superman consciousness that's a very big chapter but since then live the supramental manifestation in 58 in 62 and 69 took leaps and bounds 67 and 69 but that's a subject in its own right 70 and with this we can stop she said the world is preparing for a big change will you help so the question was asked to mother in 1919 actually it is uh, not 1919 uh, it was a prophecy that shurabindo made in 1909 before coming shurabindo wrote that the chaos and the calamities were perhaps the pangs of the birth of a new creation is several places he has mentioned this how long is this going to continue in the ashram in india and eventually in the world and mother said it will continue until the world is ready and willing to receive the new creation 
the consciousness of this new creation is already at work upon earth since the beginning of this year so we know about the superman consciousness if instead of resisting people were collaborating it would be quicker but stupidity and ignorance are very obstinate and then she says mother how we can help what is this change you are speaking of and she says first time she is making it public she is mentioned within the ashram context but now she is making it public this great change is the appearance upon earth of a new race which will be for man what man is for the animal you can imagine she made it public the consciousness of this new race is already at work the superman upon earth to enlighten all who are able to receive it and heed it so how can we help to concentrate and open to receive the new progressive consciousness to receive the new things which are coming down and then she reminds us the change does not need our help to come but we need to open ourselves to the consciousness so that its coming is not in vain for us those who open and are receptive they are the ones who will grow the rest leave it to the rest so then the sadhak asked one last question <clears throat> to allow the free working of the new consciousness what should a sadhak do mother said only two things one be receptive how to be receptive she said with the uh, giving yourself the more we give the more we create space for the divine to come we want to hold on keep everything within we are like a closed box so be receptive means open call mother's name read whatever way and give yourself to her second she said and be plastic don't fix things the divine has a penchant he initiated arjuna on the battlefield he has a way of doing things which goes beyond our understanding so be plastic the first indispensable condition to prepare ourselves to receive the new consciousness is a true and spontaneous humility which makes us feel deeply that we know nothing and are nothing in the face of the marvelous things we have to acquire all that we as human beings feel proud about is nothing imagine all the things that the chimpanzee felt proud about its tall structure its muscular build its ability to leap across maybe it's tail i don't know chimpanzees have tail or not much less monkeys had tails all that had no meaning when it entered the human world 71 blessed are those who take a leap towards the future and finally 72 is the centenary year let us all try to be worthy of shurbindo's centenary and finally 73 she is asking a consciousness to become vast very vast when you are conscious of the whole world at the same time those who want to think only about their little ego self their little family their little consciousness as vast as the world when you are conscious of the whole world at the same time then you can become conscious of the divine thank you namaste may the new birth the new consciousness 
fill us, flood us each moment of every day, year after year, life after lives. And may the divine will be the victor in us and in everyone. Namaste.